our series in the Summer of Songs, and we are uh, looking at various songs that have uh, meant a lot to you all. You kind of gave us the, the, your favorite songs, and we uh, looked at those, and some that got uh, more, um, that were more popular among you all, and this was one, the glorious day that we sang earlier today, and we sang last week, uh, because He Lives. And, and when we spoke of Because He Lives last week, we spoke of Jesus being alive, and we mentioned uh, in that service, in that message, we, we mentioned uh, the Scripture, Romans 10, 9, 10, and then verse 13, and that you can call on the name of the Lord. You can call upon God. And when you do, in belief, in trust, then He will save, is what the Scripture says. We can call on the name of the Lord to be saved. But have you ever thought about how the Lord called your name? Think about that, that song, You Called My Name, I Came Running Out of the Grave. Have you ever thought about that a little bit more, the fact that God called your name? Yes, you can call the name of God, and that is a blessing. That you can call the name of Jesus, He will save you. You can call on Him, and He will come to your aid. You can call on Him, and, uh, and, and He can use you. He can speak to you. What a blessing. But at the same time, it's not just like you know the Lord, that He's some cosmic being just sitting out in space somewhere that you can know a lot about, but you can know Him because He knows you intimately. He knows your name. He knows everything about you. The Bible says He knows how many hairs are on your head. He knows how many fell out of mine. That wasn't supposed to be that funny, y'all. So think about, for a moment, Lazarus, right? Lazarus was a dead man. In fact, the Bible tells us he had been dead for four days. His sisters were, uh, were upset, as you can imagine. that They were uh, reeling from the pain of loss. They were a close family. That They were close to Jesus. And when Jesus came into town, Martha runs up to him and says, Lord, if you had just been here, then, then you would have... Uh, you would have spoken, it would have, my brother would have been healed, but alas, all is lost. But Jesus said, no, it's not. Not with me. And Jesus says, hey, roll the stone away. And Martha says, uh, and the King James, I love it the best, because it says, she said, but he stinketh, right? Four days in a grave, four days in the tomb, you know that would have been the case. But Jesus said Lazarus' name, and he came forward, didn't he? Alive. This is not just a cool possibility, right? That God, uh, you know, be cool if God called my name. If he said my name, that'd be really neat. Not only is it true, but we need our names called and spoken by the Lord. We need to be in that intimate of a relationship with our Savior that He, not only we call His name regularly, but He speaks our name. He speaks 
over us and says our name because we have a relationship with him. We are close to him and we know him intimately. We need something to take place in our lives. We need Jesus. We need Jesus. Friends, we need him. You need him. I need him. Today, if you came into this place and you don't really even realize that you need him, I guarantee you, you do. If you came into this place today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you still need him. But if you came into this place today and you've had a relationship with him for 80 years, you need him today. You and I need Jesus in our lives intimately, truly, constantly in this type of relationship where we speak his name and he speaks our name. We need the call of the Lord on our lives. And I want to ask you as we begin today, is the Lord calling your name today? I pray that maybe there's someone in this room or watching online with us that realize in this moment, I need Jesus to save me. And I would say, friends, he's calling. The question is, are you listening? So if he's calling your name today, I pray that you would heed his call. You would heed his word spoken over you, spoken to you. When Jesus calls our name we, and we heed his calling, something amazing happens in our life. And I'm speaking in this case primarily about salvation. I want to look at the passage, Ephesians chapter 2, 1 through 10. So would you turn in your Bibles there? And let's look at this passage, and we see in this passage four things that change about us when the Lord called our name or when he calls our name for salvation, and we come running out of that grave. When the Lord calls your name, you come running out of that grave, once dead, now alive. This is the, these are the four things that happened at that moment or today, if you don't know Jesus, could happen in this moment. These four things happen and they are amazing. So let's look in Ephesians chapter 2, beginning in verse 1 and going through 10. And would you, if you are able, would you stand in honor of God's word as we read today? These are the words of the Lord. May he speak to our hearts. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you previously lived according to the ways of this world, according to the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit now working in the disobedient. We too all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts. And we were by nature children under wrath, as the others were also. So Paul is showing us what our lives were like before God called our name, before Christ saved us. I lost my spot. That's where I thought it was. All right, verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy. So just that two words, but God, but God. So God changes everything. God hinges and changes everything in, in our lives if we hear from him, if we hear his word. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love that he had for us, 
made us alive in Christ, even though we were dead in trespasses. You are saved by grace. He also raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavens in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might display the immeasurable riches of his grace through his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For you are saved by grace through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is God's gift, not from works, so that no one can boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time, of, uh, prepared ahead of time for us to do. Thank you. You may be seated. We see four things here. In Christ, we were dead, but we are now alive. So, in Christ, we were once dead. We used to be dead, but now we are alive. Jason will say this often. He'll say that we weren't just bad people who needed to be made good. We were dead people that God made alive. And that is true. The scripture shows us that, that in our trespasses and sin, before we knew Christ, we were completely incapable of life and vitality. We were like dead people. We were dead like Lazarus, and our lives stunk, if you will. We needed to be saved. We needed to be awakened. We needed to be cleaned up. We needed to be made alive in God. In that moment that we called on the name of the Lord, that He spoke our name, and He spoke salvation over our life, we came running out of that grave, right? Once dead, now alive. We spoke about because he lives last week, because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So many things can be true in our lives. And what we see is because of the resurrection that Jesus took place in his own life, he has resurrection power over your soul. He has resurrection power over your life. To make you once a, a, a dead person made alive in him. It's a miracle. It's a miracle that God does in our hearts and lives. It's, it's a miracle that he performs in our lives. Our hearts were not beating and Jesus started them up. It's an important distinction to re realize this and to understand this. Our sin made us spiritually dead. But isn't that what God told Adam and Eve? He said, as soon as you eat from the tree of life, you will die spiritually. He knew that sin brought death. That's what's true in our hearts and our lives before we know Christ. We have a situation in which we are filled with sin and because of that dead. Our guilt was heavy. Shame was heavy upon us and it was burying us in our own tombs. 
that news is oftentimes hard to hear. We, we hear the gospel, right? We hear the word gospel and we hear that it's good news. But if we divorce the great news of Jesus' salvation with our lowly estate prior to knowing him, it's not the full good news. It, we must understand and, 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 and in a way feel the weight of our position before the Lord prior to knowing him, prior to his salvation. That's what Paul's doing here. He's saying, listen, you were dead in your trespasses. You were previously lived according to the ways of the world, according to the rule of the power of the air, to the spirit, now working in the disobedient. He talks about our fleshly desires, that we carried out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts. And we were by nature children under wrath, children, disobedient children, deserving separation from God and but, G, but then those two words, but God. He didn't leave us that way, right? That's the great news is that that's where we were, but God didn't leave us there. But God made a way, but Jesus came to die to make a way to not just leave us as dead, but to give us life. And that's the beauty of the gospel. That's the beauty of what God does in our hearts and our lives. He took what was once uh, uh, Dead and, and not beating and had no blood running through it. And he went in and, and pumped it and made it breathe life into it. He injected life into our hearts through Jesus. Look at verse 5. This is the other part of that. It says, He made us alive with Christ even though we were dead in trespasses. God made us alive. And maybe you're here today and you think, I don't know Jesus, but friends, you can have a life in Christ today. You can trust in Jesus Christ and what he offered and what he accomplished. And he can today bring life into your heart and life. He can make you alive today. The second thing that we see is that we were once sinners and now we're saved. We were once sinners, now Saved. Jesus breathed life into us, but he saved us from our very own sin. The things we chose to do in disobedience to him, he nailed them to the cross. He took our sin and sinfulness and said, no more. He didn't leave us in this estate. He rescued us from it. We are free, forgiven, saved from condemnation because Jesus saves us. And he saved us by his grace. He saves us by his wonderful, marvelous, amazing grace. I've said it many times, but I think it's worth repeating in that grace is what we could not earn on our own, that we didn't deserve, but God gave it to us. All the while, His mercy is Him holding back what is deserved to us, what we do deserve, what we did earn. His mercy is holding that back all the while, extending to us grace, forgiveness, salvation, life. Maybe you're here today and you think, maybe, maybe you think, 
God could never save me. You don't know what I've done. You don't know the mistakes I've made. You don't know how long I've said no. No, friends. If you have breath in your lungs, then the Lord is merciful to you, holding back what you do deserve, extending to you the gift of salvation, the gift of grace. And you must receive it as a gift. That's what his word says here. It says that it's nothing that we could boast in. It's a gift to us. For you are saved by grace through faith, and it's not of yourselves. It is God's gift. And so we must receive it. We must take it. He saves his people because of his grace. The third thing that we see is that we were once children of disobedience. Now we're heirs of heaven. Look at verse 3. We all too previously lived among them in our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts. And we were by nature children under wrath as the others were also. We see that we were children of a disobedience. But God didn't leave us there. He made us now heirs of heaven. Look at verses 6 and 7. He also raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavens in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might display the immeasurable riches of his grace through his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. You and I were once children of wrath, but God made us eternal heirs of the promises in Christ. We've inherited heaven because of Jesus and with Jesus. And so if we are heaven's heirs, what should we live like? What should our lives encompass? How should we live our lives? And we see in the fourth point is that we were once worldly walkers and now we are Christ's workers. We once lived according to the world. We walked with it. Paul uses that word to walk to indicate a journey, to indicate something that we did consciously every day. He says that we walked according to the ways of the world. That means we lived in them. It wasn't like we once just did something bad every now and again. No, we lived in that. We were comfortable in it. We walked in it daily. But God changed things in our lives when he breathed life into us. When he spoke our name and we came running out of the grave, he gave us a new purpose, a new life to live. And Paul says here it's that we are to work according to God. Uh, according to Christ and what he wanted us to do, we are supposed to be par- about good works. Look, not from works so that no one can boast, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. We have something to do because we are heaven's heirs, because we are alive. We are no longer dead. We were once sinners, but now we are saved. We have work to do. And we must work according to his purposes. I, I hope in this moment that this truth in God's word is speaking to your heart. I can't do that for you. You must listen. So I think and I pray and I hope in this moment that the Lord is 
speaking to your heart and saying, either number one, I want to make you alive, or perhaps it's to remind you that he already has and that we've got work to do. But I want to give you an opportunity as our worship team will come in just a moment. We're going to pray. They'll come to respond. My heart as your pastor, and this is my heart that that God has called me to, is to be a vessel for him to use to do something in your lives and my lives. If that's not what if that's what this if that's not what this is about, then I don't need to be here. But that's what God has called me to do. So earlier today, I was praying, and there's a little uh, prayer bench in this closet, in, back in this hallway. There's a lot of stuff I had to move it around and squeeze in there, but I wanted to pray. And I do that most weeks. And then thankfully we have deacons that will pray for us as well, pray with us. Because I believe, number one, that it doesn't matter what I say, but if it's just my words, I don't have enough wisdom. We might, I might as well go back to my office. We need God's words. So in that moment, I, was, I prayed a simple prayer, and I said, Lord, use me. It's a prayer I pray almost every time that I pray. Lord, use me. I want to I be useful to you. I don't want to be, I don't be a distraction. I pray that you will use me. And I don't remember if I said these exact words, but I know I, this was the, the heart behind it. And I just said, Lord, use me if you can. And... You know, I'm not one of these guys that's like, you know, the Lord just, you know, like is going to come out and speak audibly to you or do these amazing things. But sometimes he does, and you just can't deny it. And so in that moment, because I am so distracted by my phone a lot, and you don't have to raise your hand, but I know we, a lot of us are. And I'm praying, and all of a sudden my phone goes off. And this is not, I mean, this happens every day because I have notifications on my phone to remind me to read my verse of the day, the Bible. So it's my Bible app. And so because I'm so conditioned when my phone dings or buzzes or whatever, I'm so conditioned, I stopped praying and looked at my watch because it, it tells me. And it was the Bible verse. I want to read it to you. I want to read what that was. It's the verse of the day. So remember, I prayed, if you can use me, use me, Lord. Use me if you can. Jesus said to him, this is the verse of the day. If you can, Jesus said to him, everything is possible for the one who believes. So I think the Lord wants to do something today. And maybe it's just in me to remind me to believe in him, to trust him, to know that he is on the throne. He's called me. He's asked me to do that. Maybe it's just for me. But I believe the Lord wants to do more, and I believe the Lord wants to do something in your life today. And I pray He does. But I can't, I can't conjure that up. I can't make that happen. 
I'm not an eloquent enough speaker. I'm not, I can't do it. But would you just listen to him today? Maybe he'll send you a notification on your phone right now. That would be awesome. But a lot of times it's just that still small voice in your heart. And so as Jason plays, can we just take a moment of pause? And my prayer is that you would just simply ask, Lord, what do you want me to do today? How do you want me to respond today? Lord, what are you speaking to my heart today? Would you just ask that right now? And all we're going to do is just, just some music in the background. I'm going to come back and lead you in just a moment. But can we just pray that in this moment? Would you even stand if you're able? Would you stand and just ask God, what do you want to do today, God? Maybe it's to be saved. Maybe it's calling the name of the Lord and you will be saved. Maybe that's say, if that's the case, I'm here. I'd love to share with you, walk with you, help you to do that. Maybe it's just say, Lord, help me to be more faithful in my Relationships. Help me to be more faithful in my relationship with you. I don't know. Help me to live like I'm alive. Help me to live like I'm your heir. I don't know. Listen to the Lord. He'll tell you. He'll lead you. He'll guide you. Just pray for just a moment that simple prayer. Lord, what do you want to speak to my heart today? Lord, speak to us, Lord, as Samuel said when he heard your voice, he said, speak for your servant is listening, God. We are your children. We are listening, Lord. Speak to our hearts in this moment. Show us what we need to do. Speak to us, God. Now, in just a moment, we're going to sing a song. It says, come to the altar. One of my favorite songs. He's calling out and that we come to him. And I said this last week, and I mean it. There's not anything special about this place. And I understand it's uncomfortable. I get it. But I remember things in my own life when I just had to posture my own life, my own body, in the way my heart was leaning. And I remember moments where I would come to the altar... And you can do whatever I did at the altar. You can do right where you are. I understand that. But there's just something about posturing our lives. And I, I don't want you to come because I'm coercing you. I want you to come only because the Lord is leading you. But if God is leading you today to do whatever he told you to do in just that moment, let's listen. Let's be his people. Let's be alive. Let's listen to what he calls us to do. And let's follow him in that. And the one, one of the ways I'm going to do that in this moment is I'm going to the altar. Because I know Jesus is calling for me. And so let me pray. And as we pray, after I pray, we're going to sing. And if God is moving in your heart, you follow through however he's leading. Lord, we love you. Speak to our hearts, God, and help us to be obedient in this moment as we respond to you as we come to you with arms wide up. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.